Hello, hello everyone and welcome to the relaunch of the Sunday Podcast. I am your host, Demetria Alston, and I am so glad that you have taken some time out to take a listen. Hopefully you will enjoy what we are going to talk about today. So like I said, this is the relaunch with the start of the new year, all the hope that was reignited with the inauguration. I felt like it was a good time to go ahead and do the relaunch of the podcast. So there is so much to discuss. I'm not even going to get into, you know, all of the inauguration talk because I'm sure everybody has already been hearing about it, talking about it on, you know, social media. So I'm not going to do a whole big rundown of everything, but we do have to at least mention Amanda Gorman. Okay. Like, Sis, I don't want to say came from out of nowhere, but you know, I didn't, I didn't hear about her. That doesn't mean anything because I don't hear about a lot of stuff, but you know, it was kind of like she was almost relatively unknown. Um, she, you know, gets this big platform, her social media blows up and now everybody is like, oh yeah, she has a book and she has this going on. So I was like, okay, let me just do a little, little bit of a background search. Let's kind of find out like what's up so she's a poet and an activist from LA she is only 22 years old so you know looking at her I was like this looks pretty young but I was not expecting you know 22 black don't crack so I was thinking you know she might be like 25 or something 22 years old like she has done a lot in her young young years um she has a twin sister which I thought was interesting since you know I'm a mom of twins she studied sociology at Harvard She was chosen as the Youth Poet Laureate of L.A. in 2014. She published a a poetry book and then now has a deal for two more books and then was recognized as a National Youth Poet Laureate in 2017. And so, of course, her famous poem now is the one that she did at um, the inauguration entitled The Hill We Climb. If you have not heard about her at this point, all I'm going to say is just Google her. Google the poem, listen to it. It's everywhere, YouTube, Facebook, all social media outlets. Um, You got to listen to it. So, I mean, just very awe-inspiring, hope-inspiring. And I felt like such a good kickoff to 2021 because, let's face it, 2020 was pretty rocky there. 2021 started out kind of crazy. But I think everybody was still very excited and felt like, you know, hope is on the horizon. So I think it's going to be, you know, a good year. But all that said, I am excited to get back to the podcast, ready to just start talking about, you know, all the things that kind of interest me, some of the things that interest you guys as you're listening. So be sure to subscribe on all platforms, social media, including Facebook, Instagram, YouTube. I'm not going to do a whole lot on YouTube since that's more just for the video content. But as I'll mention later with this new journey that I'm embarking on, there may be some videos that are coming related to the podcast. So you'll want to be on YouTube as well. All right. So let's just dive right in. What are some new things in 2021? Okay. So might not be a whole lot new to you, but sort of new to me. I think I got on Clubhouse. It must have been like right after Christmas. I don't know if or if, or if I waited until 
after the new year. I'm not sure, but I had been hearing all this talk on, um, you know, Facebook and stuff about Clubhouse, Clubhouse, Clubhouse. And I'm like, what is what is this Clubhouse? And then I started hearing you have to get invited. And I'm like, what? I got to be invited. How do I get an invitation? Like, what's the deal with this? And so, you know, posted it. One of my line sisters was like, hey, you know, if you want to get in, I have an invite. I was like, cool. You know, what do I need to do? So I download the app. No sooner that I get it downloaded, I get, you know, the acceptance, you know, into Clubhouse. And I'm like, okay. And as soon as I get in there, I'm pinged into a room. And so you'll kind of, if you're not on social media or if you're not on Clubhouse, you'll, you know, start to catch some of the terms. But I got pinged into a room and so my um, LS is in there and then um, I think like two other people who I know but I didn't know who knew my LS so you know being new to it I'm thinking oh I just happened to be into this room with these people that I know and I'm like how do you all know each other come to find out when you join because it's an app that right now is only for iPhone users it's based off of um, you know, like contacts in your phone. So if someone in your phone that has an iPhone joins Clubhouse, you get a little message that says, hey, Demetria just joined. Can you welcome them um, on Clubhouse? And you can go into the room. So they had come into the room to welcome me. I'm thinking they were in some room just chatting it up and I happened to just join and got put in the room. But so that's how that works. So I get in the room, um, you know, she kind of gives me the rundown on basically how to use it and I'm like cool so I you know start looking at rooms basically anything that you can think of there's a room with people discussing it now caveat this is just another platform of social media so you will have some people who really know what they're talking about and other times it might just be regular everyday people who are um, quote-unquote dub experts um, by themselves, of course, on here talking about stuff. So um, I've been in a room a couple times with a few celebrities. And, um, you know, so they'll be giving some insights on stuff. Um, not everybody, like sometimes the rooms could get up to a couple thousand, especially the ones that have some celebrities on there. Not everyone gets a, an opportunity to talk. So, for example, if I start a room, I'm a moderator. I can invite certain people to the stage, quote unquote, where those are the people who get to speak and I give them um, moderator capabilities. They can then bring people up to speak to stage or send people back to the audience. And so that's really all based on you can raise your hand and if you have a question, you can ask a question. Otherwise, it could just be you are listening in on maybe a think tank session between um, you know, some experts about some things. And then, you know, every now and then they may take a question from the field. So don't get discouraged if you're like, oh, I'm in a room with, you know, 4,000 people. Am I going to get a chance to speak? If it's that many people, you may or you may not, because obviously everybody's not going to get a, an opportunity, but you still gain a lot of knowledge and information. Um, I will say the topics are very wide ranging. So just about anything that you can think of, there's probably going to be a room with someone discussing it. So, um, last night I was actually in a room and they had brought up that there was a record of a room that had already gone on for 
I think it was 20 days. And so basically people in different time zones are coming into the room and they may hold that room for a couple hours. Somebody else in another time zone, you know, international as well will come in. They will moderate the room for a few hours. Someone else takes over and it just continues like that. Um, so the room I was in, they were kind of discussing how can we beat this, um, you know, this record because the person moderating had over 6,000 followers on um, Clubhouse. And so, you know, they were like, hey, between all of your followers, the moderators you have on here, we have more than enough people who can keep it going. So we'll see. They're developing a plan now to try to beat the current record. So we'll see how that happens. So that's um, that's that's one thing that's new in Clubhouse. Something else that's new with uh, us being in quarantine now for several months, once we were out from uh, having to go to work, like back in March when, you know, kids got out of school and all that sort of thing, and then I was working from home, I picked up a few pounds. Um, I'm going to put that out there. I did. And even when the weather was nicer, I wasn't getting out as much because I found myself a lot of times just working in front of the computer all day. And then when it was time to kind of, you know, okay, work was over, you get up, then it was just like, you know, the regular part of your day continued. Now it's time to, you know, make dinner or do whatever kind of activity with the kids. It kind of crept up on me and wearing lounge clothes around the house and not having to dress up for work. You really don't pay attention to it until you go to put on your like first, you know, dress up clothes. So I was like, okay, we got to do something. What can we do? I love food, love to eat. I was just like, I don't, I don't know. So one, I know I need to ramp up the physical exercise. So like a few times I'm like, okay, I'm gonna at least go for a walk or something. And I did, but I did not stick with it consistently. And um, so my physical activity level is like zero. So I know I got to work on that, but I know the diet part is going to be important as well. So I started looking into what are some other things I can do and decided to give veganism a, not, uh, a try. So I'm not full vegan. I'm a part-time vegan, more like a pescatarian slash part-time vegan. And the really the only reason why I was like, I need to be a pescatarian is because I can give up a lot of, a lot of meats and stuff. I cannot give up the seafood. I've tried and I just, I can't. It's like seafood is in my blood. I cannot live without it. So I was like, you know what? Fish is healthy. Uh, seafood is healthy. So yeah, I think pescatarian will work. We as a family really don't even eat um, red meat. I don't know the last time I bought some type of red meat. Like we are basically a chicken, ground turkey, and seafood family. Occasionally we would have um, pork. And that in itself was like a big feat because I won't say necessarily that because I'm from the South, but I am from the South. I grew up on pork. I love, love, love bacon. I love, love, love ham. I love, love, love pork ribs. So that has been a challenge, but not as difficult as I thought it would be. So like, you know, I eat turkey bacon and since I'm the one buying groceries, if I eat turkey bacon, that's what we all eating. Now, every now and then I might get 
um, Port Beacon and they'll be like, oh, what's what's happening today? Like, is something special? Like, they know it's probably like a big deal, but sometimes I'll, I'll get it. And occasionally we will have, um, you know, ribs or I'll make pork chops. I don't make them not eat stuff just because I'm not eating it. So I'll still cook stuff like that for them. But I have like really cut back on that. And so we, you know, like I said, the red meat thing hasn't really been an issue because we haven't had that in the longest time. Um, but to say we we're going to go from no meat at all, they were just like, look, mom, we, we can't do that. So that's fine. I'm, I'm trying the vegan thing. I've had some good success with some tofu recipes. So that's working out. And now I'm just trying to learn some other alternatives for stuff and trying to see how I can make it, what tastes good and that sort of thing. So that's where I am kind of experimenting with that sort of stuff. So I'll probably be doing some videos on YouTube when I come up with some good recipes on how to make some things, some vegan dishes and that sort of thing. So that's why I said I won't be on YouTube as a regular, but there'll probably be a few videos to just kind of document how my part-time vegan uh, lifestyle change is coming. So be on the lookout for that. All right. What's the next thing I want to talk about? So... In TV land, just uh, I was waiting to see like, okay, what's going to happen with Insecure? I love uh, Issa Rae, Yvonne Orji, uh, Jay. Like I was, I was all in, and I was like, okay, season five, when are we coming? Like we've been waiting a while. Like what's up? And then it was like, okay, this is going to be the last season. <laughs> so I'm like, no. <laughs> don't do it so I was really hoping that they would continue a little bit longer but I'm sure whatever Issa is going to do next is going to be wonderful so you know I guess we'll just have to wait and see how things play out so season five the finale is coming up all right in other tv news The Bachelor now I will say I was not really watching The Bachelor for it's been years now. I kind of stopped. Like in the beginning, I'm I'm very much a, you know, hopeless romantic. So The Bachelor, The Bachelorette, I'm going to talk about Married at First Sight in a little bit. Like some of those shows um, have been, I've been, you know, rocking since season one. Like, yes. But I had to give up The Bachelor and The Bachelorette because after those first couple of seasons, I was just like... <laughs> I get that, you know, it's TV. You got to make it interesting. But I was not a fan of watching them just kiss all over everybody. And like sometimes it looks like it would be one right after the other. Because I'm like, okay, I get that you might like somebody. But are you liking everybody like that? Like you got to kiss on everybody. Can we just do some uh, cheek kisses or something? And you know, just keep it moving. Like I just, you know, so it was just too much for me. So I was like, I'm giving it up. But this, um, latest season with Matt and being the first, um, black bachelor, I was like, okay, you know what? Let me give it a try. I'm gonna check it out and see, you know, how it is. And again, I'm like, okay, one, cause he is really like kissing everybody. People are 
you know, leaving the show because they're just like, I can't watch, you know, I'm, I'm in love with him and I can't watch him be with other women and this kind of thing. One, I'm like, girl, well, what did you think the show was about? Like he wasn't going to just be all about you. But anyway, you know, I don't want to get into spoilers and that kind of thing. It's ongoing. So, you know, we'll be watching it together. I'm sure I'll have some more commentary as the weeks progress. But as of right now, I don't know. You know, I was like, Matt seems like a nice enough guy. You know, he seemed like he was going to try to, you know, maybe do things slightly different. But I don't know. It seems like it's just going to be the same old stuff. So we'll have to see how that plays out. Married at first sight. Okay. So I'm all excited about this season. Season 12, like I said, I've been down since season one with Jamie and Doug. Like, yes, I'm all about Married at First Sight. I'm excited about this season. Um, Over the last probably like six seasons or so, they have started to have more um, African-American couples. So I'm excited about that. Um, This season, they have you know, again, couple, um, black couples on there. And it's interesting because right now, and I don't want to give too much of it away because, you know, it has just, you know, really just gotten started. The last couple episodes that they played, um, we're still, almost everybody is married now. We're still waiting on a couple of people to get married. Who I'm kind of watching is going to be, um, Paige and Chris. So this was the thing that was so interesting to me. Chris is, um, I want to say like an ex minister, which is so weird. Like, cause I think his parents are pastors and he was like, you know, he was, um, he wasn't a pastor, but he was like a minister. And I want to say he said he was an ordained minister, but he wasn't making enough money. So he was like, mm, I don't think God called me to this life because it's not paying enough, sir. I was, I was like, even if you thought that, are you really going to put that out into the, to the universe for the whole world to hear that you weren't making enough money. So you don't think that was your calling? Like, really? Um, so he's going to be kind of interesting and he's all about like, you know, women want him for his money. So he wants somebody who doesn't want him for his money. Um, obviously he wants somebody who's a Christian and he's like, you know, someone who will be submissive. He wants a lot of kids, all this stuff. And he's like, she has to look good. So it's going to be interesting to see how it plays out between him and Paige because Paige is also, I've dubbed her, you know, the godly freak. Like she has lingerie and stuff, but she's all like, you know, I'm, I'm a Christian and, you know, I'm looking for my husband and, and I feel like God ordained this moment. Um, you know, I'm destined for this and blah, blah, blah. So the two of them, I think right now on paper seem like they're a good match. So I'm, I'm very optimistic about them working out. There are a couple of them on there, um, that I'm like, Hmm, I don't know because it just seems like they picked people who were almost like completely opposite of what people wanted. So the other one that I'm kind of like on the fence about Clara and Ryan. So Ryan, he is a pilot. He's, um, his parents have been, um, no, that's not, no, I'm, I'm mixing them up now. That's not, um, Ryan is not the one that's the pilot. Who's the other one that's, I got to think of his name now because I'm, I'm putting people together. Um, oh, this is the other one, Vincent and Brianna. So Vincent is from the Dominican Republic. 
Brianna is an engineer and she's like very um, focused and, you know, career driven. Vincent, on the other hand, did not go to college and he's an auto broker. And he mentioned that he was engaged before, but it didn't work out because the woman that he was engaged to didn't believe in his dreams and wasn't supportive. So I'm like, okay, we will see how this plays out because sometimes it can be, um, and I will say this is, you know, maybe kind of a stereotypical comment. Some people think that um, successful African-American women who, you know, have degrees and stuff that they may not want someone who hasn't attained the same level of success. I'll put it that way. And so it's kind of questionable about, you know, will Vincent be able to, to match that? Now, when they met, after the, you know, after they got married and they had the little time to kind of talk and get to know each other, she asked what he did. And he said, oh, I'm a I'm an auto broker. So essentially, if you're looking for a car, you tell me what you want. I'll go to the dealer, negotiate it and then deliver the car to you. And she was like, you know, there was like that little suspenseful moment where it's like, OK, what's her, her response going to be? And she's like, OK, cool. That sounds great. I don't know if she if she really even knew what it was before. Or, you know, they haven't said a whole lot as far as is um, Vincent really successful at doing this? Or is it kind of like this is something that, you know, I'm trying now and I want to maybe try to make it into a career? I don't know. But, uh, you know, we'll see what happens. So I know what I was going to say. Ryan and Claire. So Ryan is not the pilot. Ryan, um, his parents have been married a long time. Um, Clara wanted someone who she said was um, racially ambiguous. And so with Ryan, I guess she got that because his parents, I want to say they are, oh, where are they from? Someplace, is it Puerto Rico or something? I can't remember now, but um, Ryan has, you know, he said he's never been in love before. So he's never told anyone, you know, I love you. And when they were talking, you know, after they walked down the aisle and had their few minutes, he asked Claire, you know, like, what's your biggest fear? And she said that I'll fall in love with you and that you won't feel the same. And it was like the suspenseful music because, you know, Ryan has said, like, he's not sure if he is, you know, capable of love just because he, you know, he's he doesn't think he's ever been in love since he's never said it. The one, the other one that I was thinking about, the pilot was Eric. So Eric is um, divorced and he mentions in, right when they're doing like the wedding prep and all that kind of stuff, like he married his wife so that she could stay in the country or something like that. So I don't know if he really married her for love or what, but they're divorced. He is very much like a homebody. He's older than her. And, um, you know, he's looking to like kind of settle down or whatever. They matched him with Virginia, who is like a party girl. She likes going out, you know, hanging out with her friends, going to bars. Her parents are divorced. She kind of has like, you know, some daddy issues and that sort of thing. So I was like, why would they put Virginia with Eric? Like he, he is not trying to be out and about in going out and so he when they talked about it she was just kind of like okay so I don't know how that's gonna work like are they gonna be able to have some 
you know, meet in the middle kind of thing. He wants somebody to kind of bring him out of his shell some, but I don't know. But I will say they seem to be getting along very well at the, the wedding and the reception stuff. So, you know, we'll see. So, like I said, next week, still waiting on everybody else to finish up and then we'll see um, how that plays out. So more to come on Married at First Sight. All right. So I saved the best for last. Bridgerton. Oh, my goodness. I mean, if you have not watched it yet, get yourself to Netflix. Give yourself um, a Saturday because I think I did it in I think I started like on maybe like a Friday evening or something and then finished it up on Saturday. I was like, oh, I got to see this all the way through. Bridgerton is um, so it's a, um, a romance novel series and Shonda Rhimes has now taken on to producing it for Netflix. So, you know, so far, everything that Shonda touches turns to gold. And so this seems to be falling right in line with that. Bridgerton is phenomenal. And so they've just said that, yes, they will be back with a season two. So I don't want to give any spoilers. All you really need to know about it is the Duke, Sir Simon. Enough said, like Simon. Okay, um, so if you don't know, then get to Bridgerton so you can find out. I'm not going to give all of it away. But I do want to talk about this. So I was like, this is very interesting. So without giving anything away, Simon and Daphne are married. And she is like very... Um, I was going to say naive. I don't think so much naive as much as during that time, like purity and everything was very esteemed. And so she doesn't know anything about, um, you know, sex or anything. And so when she goes to like meet with her mom or have a discussion with her mom about it, her mom doesn't even really tell her anything. And she has to find out from her handmaid. So I want to, you know, maybe for another show, talk about that whole dynamic between Daphne and her mom, Lady Violet, because I feel like that is very much, um, it's a taboo topic. And I'm like, gosh, even back then, but also how does that play into, you know, how things are now? Um, Are people really talking about that? Are moms and daughters having that talk or fathers and sons? Does it matter if you are, um, you know, a certain culture or even a certain race? Is that handled differently? So I'm curious. Um, I think I'll have that for another topic and maybe do that as a, a live discussion. So I'll put I'll put out some information with like Zoom link and stuff so that you guys can come in because I really want to get your input on that. I think that would be a very interesting conversation. So we'll, we'll get to that. Um, the last thing. So this is something that I'm looking forward to. I have not seen it yet, but I'm looking forward to watching A Night in Miami by Regina King. So um, I believe this is her directorial debut, which I was kind of shocked because For some reason, I thought maybe she was a little bit more involved in Watchmen, but maybe not. At any rate, I love Regina King um, ever since back in the days for 227 and, you know, Brenda to Poetic Justice, 
Boys in the Hood, um, This Christmas, Boondocks, you know, I mean, uh, and like I said, in The Watchmen, she, and of course she's done tons of other stuff, but always just phenomenal. Like I can't think, I didn't watch Southland, but I heard a lot of good stuff about it. I think that was the name of the police show that she did. Um, she just always does really good work. So I've only heard good things about A Night in Miami. So I am very much looking forward to watching it. So that is it for this week. Like I said, come on this journey with me. We are going to have more stuff coming. We're going to be, you know, consistent and try to ride this out to the end of the year and see what happens. So be sure to follow me on Instagram at The Sundry Podcast, YouTube, The Sundry Podcast. Check me out on Facebook at The Sundry Podcast. And it's always feel free to email me at the sundry podcast at gmail.com, you know, with your comments and would love to hear from you guys. Until next time, I'll see you when I see ya.